0: Hello everyone, this is Samir Azizi and welcome to Azizi Podcast. It's way past mid- midnight right now, but I'm in the process of editing and I've been uh, working on the video for this episode and I finally uploaded that to YouTube, so I am doing the audio right now as well. My next guest is Nick Fantazzi. he is a Canadian boxer from Toronto, really the neighbor great guy i met him through sean battalia who is also a guest on this podcast and uh yeah we connected we scheduled uh you know a day to record and wow what a great conversation that was he was uh he provided a lot of deep insight onto the amateur career and he gave some great advice and uh overall just a great guy so i really hope you guys will enjoy this episode anyways uh let me know what you think Uh, leave a comment subscribe definitely subscribe to the youtube channel definitely subscribe to this podcast and uh also follow on twitter of course follow me on twitter a double z a d o u b l e z i same with instagram all right everyone enjoy one nick Fantasi. yep how's it going i'm doing great we're finally here uh, we did it, it. <laughs> we're trying to adjust this whole thing for a good probably 20 minutes and i apologize
1: for this uh for this wait i was trying to figure out my my equipment here oh, but no worries <laughs> i feel like we're finally we're far we're finally rolling so that's good uh quick question so that i know that we're cool do i have your permission to record this whole thing and post and all of that yep Perfect, perfect. I, I always forget about asking that guy. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so, uh, you know, I've, our friend Sean basically told me about you. Like, yo, there's this fighter here. I know him. He's my friend. Check him out. Let's let's get him on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, sure. Like, what's his name? And, like, give me the link and all that. And So, I looked you up. I was, like, doing my homework. Yep. And uh, you're fighting at 175 mm-hmm. or at the cruiserweight, depending uh, on the situation. But officially, you are at 175 yeah and uh you're fi- fighting out of uh toronto canada mm-hmm. and which is pretty cool you know it's we don't have uh, uh a lot of boxers here but the ones that i do i try to get on the podcast and oh. uh and talk about it so welcome
2: oh thanks for having me
1: yeah Appreciate it. yeah and uh um you have a great voice by the way just make sure to control your sound with the microphone very yep. close to the lips like, okay. a with a like this <laughs> but uh yeah and um man it was, it was cool. It was cool. I uh, I watched your fights yesterday and the mm-hmm. day before, and you were a fun fighter. And I, then I texted Ryan Scalia. He's like, yo, what do you think about him? He's like, yeah, he's fun. I went to his uh, <laughs> fights, watched him live. Like, you're entertaining. And oh. uh, it's pretty cool because Thanks. that's what boxing is about. Besides just having that sweet science, you also want to make sure that people are come and watch your fights. And I, when I watch your fights, you are actually g- gathering a lot of crowd. You have a lot of people cheering for you.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate that way, so...
1: Yeah, is that how does that happen? Are you just well known, or you have like a lot of family that just come to the fights? Like, what's uh?
2: You know, it started off. Um, it started off like I've always had a lot of support throughout my amateur career. Like my first amateur fight, I think I had like fifty people come, right. and then uh, amateur fighting it was really tough because sometimes I go to the event and then the opponent wouldn't show up or this mm-hmm. or that, and I I kept inviting people and then people would come for no reason. So then mm-hmm. I kind of stopped inviting people to my fights uh, as an amateur. And then when pro hit, I'm like, you know, this is my time. This is, I have to just, you know, invite whoever I can. So I just post on social media. And then um, luckily for me, I have a lot of supportive friends and family. And they have friends and family of theirs that are supportive. So we kind of just
1: grew from there listen you're good on social media i see your posts i'm sharing them mm-hmm. sort of like promoting our, our episode of the <laughs> right now but you are putting out some good content and you're oh. you're not shy to be on camera you're like you're out there and you're providing some good advice like this morning you posted about how to lose weight during or like the misconceptions of losing weight during yep. the boxing fight it was like you're providing some cool stuff and oh, uh, thanks is that how does that come along like you're just kind of like decided to yeah. you know create some
2: out like yeah, to be, to be honest, I have a lot of knowledge that I haven't been able to portray that much through through social media, and then mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a free outlet that you have, so why not use it? Right. So basically, I have a lot of ideas in my head, and I'm trying to get it out in a positive and encouraging way. Like today, for example, I'm not trying to say, say to people, hey, come train with me or this or that. I'm just giving them advice just if they want to get off the couch and just move around a little bit, just... Just to know that it's not as simple as it seems and you don't just like, you know, hire anybody as a trainer without doing the work yourself
1: as well. Right, absolutely, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's important. That's what every fighter should embrace, you know, the social media and the fact that you said hey, that's a free thats a free outlet that you can actually, mm-hmm. you know, provide all that content. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people are missing out, not only athletes but also professionals, even if you're into some things like, you know, you are in real estate or you are into, you know, crafting or arts or anything like that. Social media is such a great promotional mm-hmm. tool that you can use. Yep. So it's not just for, but for, you know, posting selfies and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, just like recently I saw because uh, I'm in the industry as well for like uh, digital performance marketing. That's mm-hmm. what I do day to day. And I am seeing Floyd Mayweather right now signed, I guess, an agreement, <laughs> like an affiliate agreement I think, or something based on his Instagram with the CBD company. And so he mm. basically promotes CBD. I think he just posted a check that he he's paying for all of that. Like, I don't know. It's just like mm-hmm. a CBD company. There's, there's so many of them right now. Yeah. And even Floyd is actually like trading his Instagram mm-hmm. um, rich, you know, for that. So everyone is in the game Mm -hmm. and everyone's doing that. And the fact that you're knowing about that and you already, and not just like even personally for yourself, but you're providing like actual content for people. So that's
2: pretty cool as well. Thanks. Yeah. Cause the whole thing is, um, you know, I hate posting when I'm training. I I can't stand being at the gym and then having somebody, Oh, hold on a second. I have to make a video of this. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it when I'm training, my phone's in my bag. I'm not touching it. Mm -hmm. If you have somebody that's nice enough to, you know, come watch you train and, and then film stuff for you. That's fine. But a lot of the fighters these days, that's one of the downfalls I think they have is mm-hmm. most of the time is trying to create content and they're not training. Right. You know, okay. so you gotta, I try to do it when I'm not training. Like There's a balance between. to this. There's yeah. a balance to this. Big time.
1: Would you rather have like someone to follow you around and like so that you don't care about it? They're just, if you if they want to get some content, they do it. Mm-hmm. Rather than you worried about that, or that's the same thing. You just don't want them around because you get distracted.
2: No, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind. For me, having more eyes on me, it just makes me better for cer- certain situations. Like yeah, yeah. even for fighting, you know, people say, oh, Nick, how do you, you know, I've had multiple fighters, professional fighters talk to me and say, you're so cool and calm under the lights. Like, you know, you have a lot of people that are, you know, whether it be sponsors or just people that are coming to watch and be entertained. It's a lot of pressure and mm-hmm. I, I don't deal with it well. How do you deal with it? Mm -hmm. the way i look at it is the more eyes you have especially in training Mm -hmm. you know it gives you a little more experience being being looked at all the time so now Mm -hmm. for me it's nothing like me having a fight is the same thing for me taking a walk in the park you know there's um people
1: say that about you and to your face as well that wow you're so nice you're so humble you're so like such a nice guy thank you (laughs) so um but then like i mean you're a boxer and when you're in Mm -hmm. the ring you're you're boxing yeah and so, how much of that is 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 a play? You know what I mean? How much you just kind of like trying to hide your real nature, or are you really that? But I
2: just yeah. don't think it's possible. <laughs> if you are in this sport, you have to be a savage in the ring. Yeah, and yeah, I get that, and I've heard that from the beginning of when I even before I even stepped in a boxing ring when I said I want to be a boxer. I watched Rocky movies, and I want to be a boxer. I just started hitting my bag. People will look at me and say, "Nick, that's not you. You're not a boxer. You're right. not." A, but to, to be honest with me, what people have to understand is it doesn't matter about the niceness or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. To me, boxing is a sport and I'm a very, very competitive person. Like if say, say you know, I get beat in a basketball game, um, I'm going to work hard and practice and I'm going to get better next time you're not beating me again. Mm-hmm. I've always had that mentality. So it's the same with sports. I'm actually not a violent person whatsoever. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm mm-hmm. not a guy who goes around picking fights. If someone comes up to me, I'd rather... You know, mm-hmm. avoid it or talk talk my way out of the situa- mm-hmm. sorry, situation mm-hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, use my skills, which I don't feel I have to do. Like, I'm very confident with my ability, mm-hmm. so I, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. And when I step into the ring, it's like a switch, mm-hmm. right? I don't wish any permanent harm on my opponent but when I'm in there mm-hmm. I want to knock I want to knock their head off you mm-hmm.
1: know yeah of course yeah. yeah so that's that's something that wakes wakes up in you so but in real life you're mm-hmm. you, you never you never lose it you never lose your temper
2: never, never, like, snaps. you know everyone's like loses their temper a little bit and right. you know I, I'm one of those people that I could I could lose my temper for a second uh-huh. and then a second later I'll be like happy you know what I mean I don't right. hold it I I just understand in life in general, Mm -hmm. things are going to happen that you're not going to like. People are going to be people that you don't like at certain points. But what I learned to do is take them for who they are, take situations for what they are. Mm -hmm. Is this really going to affect me in five years or five five, days? It doesn't matter. If it's not going to affect me for the long term, Mm -hmm. I don't need to stress about it.
1: So let's start from uh, your career. I know you spoke about this publicly several times already about your way, about your path, but I just want, you know, for my listeners to kind of like dive mm-hmm. into how you started in boxing. Let's kind of start from the beginning. And you've mentioned that you you were inspired by Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> yeah. movie, and uh, which is funny. I remember, uh, uh, what's his name? Eddie Murphy was was joking about this. Every Italian kid watches Rocky Balboa yeah. and every sign he's a boxer. like Yeah. It's so funny. But, uh, yeah, so, but, I mean, the movies are still great and everyone's mm-hmm. talking about them, but, you you know, yeah. let's dive in. Okay, so that was your start, but then you got yeah. into the ring, and you were—I think you said you were seven years old when you first get got into the ring, or when—or am I mistaken?
2: No, yeah, I'm mistaken. I was—I was 15 when I first hit a punching bag. I see. Okay. You know, but then when I first there was no gym. I grew up in Vaughan, like Maple, Ontario. Mm-hmm. It's a very small town. There's not much going on mm-hmm. other than hockey, like the hockey right. arena. Right. And um, there's no boxing gyms around. I'm a you know teenager. I have no money. My mm-hmm. parents wouldn't pay, like, my parents are very supportive. I was in every sport you can imagine, but mm-hmm. my parents my parents wouldn't pay for, you know, boxing. My, mm-hmm. Well, my dad loves boxing, but my mom hates boxing. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, I guess, mothers would. So, I didn't have any funds to, dr- to go to Toronto. I didn't have a car when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So, right when a, a gym opened up in Vaughan, my buddy texted me, hey, there's a boxing gym opening up. It only lasted, like, six months. I had my first fight out of the gym. Five months after I first trained, I had my first amateur fight. Mm-hmm. And um, so
1: overall, your parents were cool with that, right? They were not like my mom hates way. it to okay. this day. Okay,
2: to this day, like they don't. That's what I'm saying. Like that boxing is one thing where if you want to do it, do it on your own. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's not a lot of mothers want their kids boxing. Mm-hmm. But my dad loves it. And he actually likes MMA more than boxing, but mm-hmm. uh, still haven't convinced is, him otherwise. Is, is that a betrayal for you? Like, <laughs> not really, because he <laughs> he he wrestled in high school, so I can understand why he likes that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you know, and I guess but, you follow that a little bit as well, right? I kind of do, just as you
1: know. As a fan,
2: yeah, just like you know, um, striking is striking in, mm-hmm. in a way—not the same, but it's it's entertainment. And there's certain like I can't watch like obscure MMA fights. I don't really care for, I right, guess, right. But if it's at like the high level the top and stuff, tier, yeah, yeah, I I, I I could watch it. Have you like, seen that
1: Gage fight versus what's his name? Nate not Nate Diaz uh,
2: Ferguson Ferguson.
1: Yeah, yeah. what yeah. do you think about that? Because uh, there was a lot of striking there. It was not yeah. a boxing striking, but from a from a wrestler yeah. perspective, because Gage is a wrestler.
2: Yeah. You know what? You know, I didn't. I saw like half of that fight. I ended oh, up yeah? seeing, but like um, those guys are just you know going at it toe to toe, and they're just trying to see who's tougher and see who's got the bigger set of you know colonies.
1: <laughs> What do you think about um, Gagey versus Khabib? What do you got?
2: It's a, it's Khabib. You know what I mean? Like it, you, it's hard to go against him because he's he's pretty well rounded in everything. Gagey, mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you want to if you want to fight his fight, he's gonna win, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. You know, um, Khabib's not going to fight his fight.
1: You know, I was watching his uh, his interview and Khabib said Gaethje is the, the best, my, so far the best opponent that I have, the toughest in terms of uh, defense mm-hmm. against grappling, against wrestling. Yep. But he's also, if we're talking about stamina, he's not even my top five. So it's mm-hmm. like it's a weird kind of like thing and i don't think he's uh i don't think khabib is trying to be funny or anything Mm -hmm. like i think he's sincere about it Mm -hmm. but yeah that's an interesting fight to see and i'm also i also have khabib yeah Uh, but yeah but let's go back to you okay sure so, so you got so you got your your first fight uh six months later yeah after
2: you started yeah it was it was good it was a good experience it was in front of 500 people damn and like i said i had 50 people come which wasn't a lot but that was my immediate family and friends 50 people
1: yeah that's a lot for, yeah. for a guy who's fifteen or sixteen.
2: Yeah. Well actually, yeah, that was my first fight. It was in two thousand seven. So I was at the time, uh, nineteen twenty-one, I think. Okay. Turning twenty yeah.
1: yeah and point was that fifty people is a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah. Especially if like yeah. it's your it's not like it's your debut, you know. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I don't wanna fuck that. And guy. I put
2: so much pressure on myself for that debut, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna knock this guy off with one punch. <laughs> and I, I remember the, the I remember the change room or sorry, the way in like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, they they kind of had this little camaraderie thing. Oh, how how um how big's your guy? How big's your guy? They mm-hmm. they told me the guy was six one, about one hundred ninety pounds. So one guy walks into the room, and I go, my trainer's like, oh, that's probably your guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden, this huge guy comes in, this big Serbian guy that's like six foot four and like huge, right? <laughs> and and then someone said, hey, Nick, because his name was Nick as well. And I'm like, oh, that's my opponent. All right. So I got all these people coming. Uh-huh. I got this big guy coming in. I'm like, all right, I'll take care of business. All right. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. It was 30 seconds in, he came really aggressive. Mm-hmm. I stepped back one, two, three, and he fell backwards and his legs went over his head. Damn. <laughs> 30 seconds in. <laughs> wow. So...
1: Talk to me about, actually, like, I'm curious about amateur mm-hmm. um, boxing in Canada, in Ontario in general, because I know there's a lot of speculation, a lot of, kind of, um, Boxing Ontario or Boxing Canada, uh, is that two different things, by the way, is Ontario... Not- so,
2: yeah, Boxing Ontario is the organization, um, It's I guess right now it's the organization in terms of Ontario boxing, and then there's, like, you know, Boxing, um, you know, Alberta, ba- mm-hmm. uh, Boxing, uh, you know, PEI, all that kind of stuff, Boxing mm-hmm. BC... So it's like the main organization. And then, but it
1: sounds yeah. like they have their stuff together in terms of boxing entire here locally, like the amateur boxing, because, I mean, it produces a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of boxers. What how, how was your experience? Because you've been into amateurs for 10 years. Other yeah. um, like have you experienced anything that you, you would like not agree with them or anything like that?
2: See, it's a a tough question because at the time, there was two organizations going on. There was Boxing Ontario and then there's OBA, which is Ontario Boxing Association. Mm -hmm. There are two different styles of boxing, two different set of rules. Um, Mm -hmm. I I competed for both, which I guess is good for experience. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to go to the Olympics, you have to be Boxing Ontario. You can't be in the other organization. Mm -hmm. But right now, they're not even around right now. So, you know... As far as things I'd changed, the only thing, like the thing that I hated the most about amateur boxing was there was no penalties. If mm. if I took a fight and I go to the fight and I'm ready to fight, the other person doesn't show up. It's, oh, oh well, he doesn't show up. You don't get a win. You don't get a, you oh, know, okay. nothing like that. It's no repercussions. And there's no it. punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, even if you're standing there ready to go into the ring mm-hmm. and say you get scared and say, I'm not fighting. There was no repercussions from that. There's no suspension. So then I was like. I, I never got excited for fights. Even to this day, when I have a pro fight, I don't get excited because I'm so used to being let down.
1: Last, <laughs> last minute, something would happen and yeah. the fight would cancel because I know like a lot of opponents in your professional career accounts like got b- basically tons. dropped tons. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so and it's always like that in boxing, especially like actually not even in the beginning, at the very top as mm-hmm. well. Like you never know. Yep. You've been in um, amateurs for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that you spoke about that before. Mm-hmm. You were planning to be in pros after five years of yep. your amateur career, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, so, what exactly happened? Why didn't you uh, get into pros after
2: five years? Basically, over overworking myself, overworking my body. Um, mm-hmm. I'd work my day job. I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I'd go to my day job. After work, I'd go to the gym. I'd sleep in my car for half an hour. Mm-hmm. After I'm done that little quick, I had to get that power nap in. I'd start training and then sometimes I'd work with people after I trained or I'd, you know, especially being younger, oh, I got to go, I got to do two days. So then I'd go do like a strength conditioning workout or running. Mm-hmm. I just overworked my body. I'd never slept. I'd have a couple hours of sleep a night. My body just kept getting injury after injury after injury. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was, it was bad injuries too. Severe ones that are herniated disc in my back. I had a ruptured bicep along many other things. So eventually what I said to myself is, you know what? you put so much time into this and everyone who loves me and, and respects my career and knows hey, you know, Nick, you always win, but your body's always breaking down. Like maybe it's not for you. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought to myself and I said, you know what? I put all this time in, I put all this work in, I'm not letting myself down. I don't care about anybody else. I'm doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job of 11 years working with the city of Vaughn. I quit my job and I started, uh, Boxing full-time i had a few i started training a few clients to help get me by financially
1: and at that point how old were you because you weren't yeah. a kid anymore i was
2: 30 30 31
1: that's a very uncommon thing to start professionals at, yeah. uh, at that age Big time
2: and but, like would i have liked to start a lot sooner yes mm-hmm. i would have loved to but at the same time maybe things wouldn't have worked out maybe it happened for a reason of course maybe you back never then know. yeah so You know, the thing is, the good thing about this is, yes, I've been amateur boxing for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, in Canada, because of my weight class, I was fighting at 200 pounds. I was taking fights. I was 190 pounds taking fights against guys 240, 250 and beating them. And because I had to, I had to take those fights. I put, they put things in my pockets. I weighed them with shorts (laughs) just so I could weigh enough on the scale. So they let it happen. Yeah. Like it was, it was that bad. So, you know, if I was in another country, either, you know, U.S., if I was in Russia, I probably would have had in that time three, three 400 amateur fights. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is I got a lot of experience. I, I spar with a lot of top pro fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my training partners were great, great fighters as well. So I got the experience that I needed. So in that case, like I've never been beat up in my life. I've never had a fight where it was like a grueling fight, never. Mm-hmm. So my body, even though I'm an older age now, 34, I'm still fresh. I'm still young.
1: Exactly, because yeah. you, you didn't go through all, all the punishments of mm-hmm. the professional boxing and the 12 rounds routes and all yep. of that where you're just getting... Yeah, so you are... It's like they recently spoke about Canelo uh, mm-hmm. on the on the podcast that I listened to. Canelo is 30, but he's old 30 because he went through so much yep. during his uh, professional career. And I tend to agree with that because of all his surgeries and all that. They, t- that they talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, though, 31 years old, you're like, okay, I'm going to go pro, mm-hmm. What really, like, what, what was your driver? Because I mean, I'm what turning 29 in like mm. two weeks, yep. And I'm like, I'm feeling weirdly different, yeah. Like, it's it's uh, <laughs> I feel it. Maybe it's because I'm watching boxing and boxing commentary so much, and they all talk about this freaking exactly. father. It's in I your head because <laughs> I always thought it was young, but it's like all of a yeah. sudden, I'm like, but I'm not even talking physical, I'm talking mm-hmm. mental. I'm like, mm. am I still hungry? Do I still have that hunger? Yeah, am I still a hustler? Mm-hmm. Am I still you know, do I still want to succeed? Am I want to, do I want to settle for a nine to five or do I want to like go crush it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to believe that I still am there at that level, but mm-hmm. sometimes I question myself yeah. and sometimes I get into this, oh shit, like I'm, I'm getting relaxed, like I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm settling. So yeah. what was the driver factor for you? Were, were there any doubts about that? Because as you say, there's like naysayers in, in yeah. your life
2: and. Yeah. See, the naysayers, I actually like They're they're like my, uh, they're my, I'm going to say a bad term, but they're my steroids. Oh, okay. They're what puts me over what I should be. Um, I don't care what people think, but that being said, when I hear someone say I can't do something, it's like, I already know I can, but I'm mm-hmm. going to show you. And it'll give me that much effort, like extra effort that I could you know, go when I'm a little bit tired or I don't feel like going to the gym today, but I'm going to go today. But mm-hmm. that being said, also being older, and this is one of the things that I like about myself being an older fighter, I'm smarter. Mm-hmm. I, it's you know, you know, you hold that Floyd Mayweather like oh, hard work, dedication, all this kind of stuff. I guarantee you, Floyd takes rest when he needs to take rest. Um, he's not working seven days straight. He's he's taking one day off. He's he's taking a Sunday where he's not really doing much and recuperating his body and maybe eating something he doesn't normally eat. That kind of stuff goes a long way and mm-hmm. that could prolong your career a long time. So instead of being, you know, oh, I got to go to the gym for a second or third time, some days you could take it a little off and maybe go to the gym once and maybe just do some light work later, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. With And with all that being said and, and with all that in your mind, you went mm-hmm. it and, you know, you, you, you took your chance and yep. you're, you're a 10 and 0 right now, yep. professional boxer. Your career mm-hmm. is being well developed right now. Yep. Uh, and um, I can pretty sure to say that you know if not for covid you'd probably already be fighting right yeah. it, did you have any fights that were scheduled but it was canceled due to covid
2: yeah april 20th lee baxter was gonna have another show and uh that got canceled um mm-hmm. let's, let's just say that big things are gonna happen for me as soon as it is welcome back mm-hmm. um the canadian title I'm, I'm getting it i need that title yeah that's what i want i'm making it known
1: what's the uh abbreviation for that and and uh, the title there's a few different canadian titles
2: yeah but ncc is one of them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's a few different titles so depending on what route you're going but i just want i just want the canadian belt
1: i know one of those belts is blue that's that's all yeah
2: (laughs) which one is that? i think that's the cvbc okay
1: okay yeah um canadian sanctioning bodies too man so many of them yeah in in the world as well i mean they're such a mess in the united states are you are you at you all know, following all this stuff? Are you following all the titles as a professional? Like, what's the WBC? What's the WBC interim? And like, yeah. what's the what's the Diamond Belt? Like, I've, I've
2: known, you know, I I I have followed boxing. And that's boxing
1: just WBC. Which, you know, yeah. There's like three other ones that are.
2: Yeah, but you know, I I follow them all, but I don't really even put too much into it right now. There's so many world titles out there that I kind of just, you know, know the fighters and mm-hmm. and that's who I care about, like. You know, you mentioned Canelo, him, him, Triple G. They fight. I don't care what belt they're fighting for. I I care that they're fighting. Yeah. You know that that's you know,
1: that's definitely, and that's what I'm kind of being reminded uh, when mm-hmm. I look at you. Your 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 style is pretty interesting because when I was watching your fight, mm-hmm. first fight I I watched you like on on YouTube that came out was you mm-hmm. at cruiserweight, and I was like. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Am I right? So that fight,
2: you know, I'm a light heavyweight. Um, Uh I don't fight above 175. That fight there, there there's pullouts from different opponents. So the guy, they said, we can't go under, we're not fighting under 178. Yeah. So I said to myself, I said, sure, I'll fight at 178. Just last minute, the two, three pounds to me is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I took that fight. Um, That fight was actually a really hard fight. I had um, that morning waking up bending down to put my underwear on i had back spasms i oh, couldn't yeah. i couldn't even move that fight i don't know if you noticed but i was very stiff in that fight that's and what I was
1: thinking. Like I wish, like I, because I didn't even look into like mm-hmm. the weight category. I was like, oh, like I wish he would go down to one seventy five. Because yeah. like that. And then like I, I watched the other one. like, oh, there we go. That, yeah. Now we're talking. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, you're super active. You're you're going mm-hmm. forward, fighter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Definitely very exciting. And the most exciting yeah. is like the crowds that you're gathering because we're yeah. talking about Canada. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, especially here in Toronto area. We're not talking Quebec right now, mm-hmm. where people are obsessed with boxing. So yeah. it's, it's it's definitely like a huge sign of success. Yeah. Or like future potential to, you know, to get those crowds. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's funny that you say that because it's even my career. When I look at my career, when I first started, the first couple fights I had, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, who's this guy? He's got all these people here, right? And then I'd hear things, you know, oh, you know, he's not that good. He just, you know, he's popular, so they're, you know, they're Mm -hmm. they're they're exciting because you know, exciting fights and this. But he, you know, but he's not that good. All of a sudden, I had all those naysayers saying, you know what, this guy's this guy's actually pretty good. Like when they started seeing more fights, and to them, it was like. I thought you were just uh, you know working off being you know a popular fighter, but then yeah. all of a sudden it's like I take on challenges that you know other people wouldn't have done. I take you know my pro debut. The guy the guy had twenty four pro fights. He had a fifty fifty record, but he had twenty four pro fights. And I don't care who he is as a fighter. You know, for me, yeah, that guy, a few guys pulled out and this and that, and then I they said Nick, it's a risky fight. You got twenty four fights. You want to take it? I said, sure, mm-hmm. I'm I'm down. So,
1: you know, absolutely, and. Uh yeah man i i just feel like and let's be honest like mm-hmm. you don't have any time to waste you, exactly you, you just want to fight the best and be the best exactly um you know it's 175 i was watching i think that was a 175 uh like a year ago mm-hmm. arthur peter was fighting yeah uh, gwozdik yep right yeah yep what, what do you think about that fight that was a i don't know why people a, don't talk about that You know, that was much.
2: a really good fight and they're both Re- really good fighters yeah um, and
1: got gwozdik retired after that although yeah. i saw him training recently on, on instagram so mm-hmm. i'm not sure what's that about yeah but yeah, that was, c- was quite a fight. It was yeah. just such an interesting weight to fight in mm-hmm. because you have that power. I don't know. It's like I mean, depends on the, you know, who you are. But like at one seventy five, mm-hmm. the fights are looking so spectacular. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and Peter Beef is. Have you ever met him? No, he's I, uh, he's in Montreal, right? He's yeah, like, this is where he trains. Mm-hmm. So that's the fighter at one seventy five that uh, I really follow. Like I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing uh, his next fight. Yep. Um, Out of that category of weight, are there any guys that you feel like, uh, you know, you'd like to face Mm -hmm. anyone you're following? And also, if you're considering maybe moving down to 168, uh, that's also an interesting path because there's some good fighters in in America as well. Are you... Like, what do you think about that? Do you follow the guys, and who would you like to fight in in, in those categories, seventy five and sixty eight?
2: As far as names, um, to be honest, I want to fight any of the top guys, right? I'm I'm getting there. I'm ten and zero. A few more fights, and then we're ready for that opportunity. Um, we're still developing. Uh, I'm still developing as a mm-hmm. fighter. Um, if you named one person right now and said, "Would you fight him tomorrow?" I would say yes. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who it is. I, in my mind, can beat anybody. I just I just have to do it. And um, as far as names, you know. Just anybody in the top ten, you know what I mean. Top ten, top twenty. Which I, you know, I haven't been close there with my opponents yet, but every fight it's getting more and more like closer and closer. So there's that, and and the opportunity at 168. That is definitely like a possibility for me because mm-hmm. I make 175 without even trying. Like right. literally without even trying, I just just working hard and, and diet and you know my most of my fights at 175. I weigh in 173. Mm-hmm. One of my fights. Um, the guy, I, th- I believe they made it a uh, stipulation. You said there was two fights that I, I was at cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. It was light heavyweight, but we gave them a couple pounds. Okay. So, you know, they said, okay, this fight's at 178 as well. So what did I do? I said, you know what? I'm a light heavyweight. If you are not in shape a couple of days before, you, you're asking to make it 178, sure. We'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting at 175. I came in at 175. So I came un- under right. the light heavyweight limit. So,
1: and, and basically... You, what you're saying is with mm. uh, with with basically some conditioning, some strength and conditioning, yep. just kind of like overseeing that and focusing on that, you can make 168 no problem. No and problem. You Basically compete in, that, in yeah. that weight as well.
2: Yeah, and even like I'm already working hard. The only thing that would change a bit is I'd be a little bit more strict with my diet because, you know, I make 175 easy. I could I could easily go down to 168. Mm-hmm. So if the opportunity is there, if you know I don't want to sell all business, but if the money's right. 168 is a 100% possibility for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: and, and honestly, with your height of mm-hmm. uh, 168 is... uh yeah. And if you can make it, like, really, as you're saying, like, no problem, that's yeah. that's a huge advantage for you because you're a big guy for N4, 168. Yeah. yeah,
2: and even for 175, like, mm-hmm. I, I've been... I've met the top guys. I've met Adonis Stevenson. I've met Badu Jack. All these guys, they're not bigger than me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. that being said, it's not all about size, but I'm, like... Yeah. I'm deceivingly strong. Like, a lot of people look at me, oh, you know, lean. But that's usually how you're strong in boxing. But right. I mean, Not only, like, you look at a guy like Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. The guy I guy could punch like a mule, right? Mm-hmm. But physically, he's not a strong guy. Right. Physically, Tyson Fury, even though he's huge, could push him around like, like a rag doll mm-hmm. or, you know, any of these guys. But me, I have a lot of physical strength as well as my punching powers there. Mm-hmm. So... You know, one seventy five, I'm strong, but one sixty eight, I'll probably be even stronger. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you sound very pumped for that, pumped for that weight for one sixty eight. You know what? I'm I'm pumped for both. That's why it's good for that. I could I could go to both if the opportunity calls because, you know, that for me, you mm-hmm. know, either or it's, it's Do you,
1: easy. So, uh, are you talking with Lee, for example, and say like, hey? Just saying, like, I could make 168, so if you want to, like, prospect and see who else is out there, we we can try.
2: We've briefly discussed that, but Mm -hmm. I've never really said, you know, get me a fight at 168 or I could do this. As long as he knows, right? He already knows whatever he puts in front of me I'm ready for. If he Mm -hmm. said to me, you're going to 160, Mm -hmm. I'll get down to 160 and I'll do it smart. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I wouldn't want to go to 160, but... You know, even that would be an opportunity because. I feel like one sixty is it's too, too much. It's too know. much. It's too much, but I know I can do it if I need to because I'm professional. I I yeah. could do. I, honestly, it sounds stupid, but within reason, yeah. like, I can't fly, but <laughs> I can do anything I put
1: my mind to. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. What's motivating you? How do you keep your motivation up? Do you follow any? Like, do you watch any motivational speakers like Tony Robbins, Gary Vee, like, any maybe, like, Klitschkos
2: or whatever, because they're doing some of that? How do you yeah. pump, pump yourself up? To be honest, man, this sounds very weird, but I don't I, – I actually don't like that kind of stuff. I don't – to me, a lot of it is corny. Mm-hmm. Um, I could take a few things that people say and use that, and I'm like, you know what, that makes sense. But a lot of it, to me, is very generic and very – you know you know what I mean? So yeah. I just – my motivation for myself I have a few reasons. Um, they say never talk about money, you know, as a motivation, but you know what? It is a motivation. You want to better your life. You want to better your life for you, your family, everybody. So that I do use as motivation, but the biggest source of my motivation when it comes to boxing is my will to succeed and um, my just my drive, my competitiveness. Like, I'm a very good sport. Like, I, you know, I used to, this is a stupid example. I used to play soccer on a, a rep team in Vaughn. And I was like, you know, 13 years old, mm-hmm. soccer. And so I'm playing that. The guys' team's demolishing the girls' team. We're up by 10 goals. It's so easy. Not because I wanted to score points to the ladies, but I, you joined don't care. The, I joined the ladies' team to help them get better. And we ended up scoring nice. a lot of goals because I, with me, right. I don't want that easy competition. I, w- I would rather be tested right. and I'd rather just work hard and know that I had a good game instead of cruise and win by. 20 goals so you know?
1: would you say then you're just naturally very competitive you big have time
2: him? big time yeah. And that's why like people say all oh, you want oh nick you're not an aggressive guy you're not a violent guy you can't box mm-hmm. to me that's not even it's it's a sport to me but it's a sport that's very physical and i'm i use my attributes like good like it's like the way you said it, it's like oh you know maybe is the niceness like a kind of a front if anything i kind of tone down my mm-hmm. attitude because i don't want people to think it's fake because mm-hmm. it's not like i just Generally, think it's good to just be a decent person, like, and you know, work hard, and that's that's kind of. It sounds stupid, but look, look at, I'm I'm not gonna bring this up again, but Rocky Balboa. You know what I mean? When (laughs) when when I saw those movies, it's not like, oh, I'm a fighter, I'm gonna be a fighter. Mm -hmm. I. It sounds weird. I saw a lot of attributes in myself Mm -hmm. that he portrayed. Like he's very confident, but at the same time, he's reserved and he's not boisterous. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He doesn't talk about himself or anything like that. So I saw a few things in myself in in movie character, and you're mm-hmm. an impressionable fifteen year old kid. So right, because um, uh, let's say let's put it that way the mm-hmm. the boxing movies it's it's the archetype. You
1: mm-hmm. know, you looking at those guys, and and the one that thing that you brought up is confidence. And yep. confidence, I would say, it's probably a seventy percent success in this sport, mm-hmm. based on like uh, people that I talk to and what I experience is yep. that you have to have that mindset. You have to you shouldn't doubt yourself. And you mm-hmm. should know that you go there. Not just to fight, but you go there for a win. You go yep. there to conquer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, let's take a quick pause so that we can, uh, you know, uh, check everything, and then we'll be back.
2: Perfect. Sounds awesome.
1: good. All right, and we're back. Uh. So one thing we was we, we were talking about motivation and character, and I was wondering, you know, for people who want to get in boxing, um, especially like maybe the amateur guys, you know, who are in the amateur guys uh, yep. top boxing and they're considering uh, professionals. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest them do? What advice do, would you tell them
2: to follow? And most importantly,
1: what advice would you tell them not to follow?
2: Okay, that's a great question. Um, advice to follow. Take my advice on this because this is what I did. Um, a lot of people I, I realize as amateurs, they're protected. Um, they didn't want to take certain fights because they weren't ready or this or that. I went the other route where anybody who's the best, I wanted to fight and I did. I called out people. I said my trainer, I want to fight that. I saw one guy fight. I want to fight that guy. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I I did. And a lot of people these days are too protective over even amateur fighters. And it's like, you want to win all the time. I always want to win. But you want to take chances where you, even if you do lose as an amateur, you learn learn from it. Mm -hmm. So even if you know a guy's way better than you, take the fight. You'll learn. You'll get better. That's one piece of advice I'd tell amateurs is fight anybody, right? You can't. If you start winning a few fights and you feel good about yourself but you know mm-hmm. you didn't beat good people, you're not going to be confident. You're going to go against somebody good eventually and you're going to lose just before you even get in the ring. That's, that's one thing I'd probably say to really just go for the best and try to compete, you know
1: so watching your records basically mm-hmm. on amateur really like trying to pump it up it's not as it wouldn't bring you as much of return on investment in your professional career as people think so, exactly yeah. yeah
2: you know but obviously you wanted you, to get noticed to get somewhere especially being a pro it would be nice to be undefeated go right. to the Olympics but it doesn't happen everyone you know Roy Jones one of my favorite fighters of all time had like probably I don't know I don't remember the number but something like 20 losses mm-hmm. Meeweather had I think 12 or 15 something like that mm-hmm. Um. everybody has lost. Is well, for the most part right, and uh, you know, that that shows a sign of having experience. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be an amateur fighter, be undefeated with a lot of fights unless you know it just doesn't happen. Have you ever considered Olympics, by the way?
1: Because I feel like that's something that amateurs are also looking forward to yeah. a lot.
2: To be honest, I like the idea, but mm-hmm. I knew it was going to happen. I, I knew a lot of people in the industry saying there's no chance you're going to the Olympics in Canada, and that. It's not because of skill; it's because of politics. That's and, what everyone
1: says about yeah. uh, local local Olympics. Yeah. What would you say your experience, or at least what 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 do you hear, is the main uh, political, I would say, um, hoops that you need to jump through, or like some like a ceiling that you need to break through. I,
2: I just heard you need to have a lot of fights. Like I, from what I was told, and I might be wrong, but mm-hmm. from what I was told, you could have, you know, you could have say fifty fights, and the other guy who they end up sending has you know, you know, has a hundred fights. You beat that guy every single time you fought, you beat him. But since he has more fights, they're going to send him. Mm -hmm. That's just under the impression I was given. Um, That's one of the kind of stipulations I heard. So I was kind of, as much as I don't like care what people think, I was kind of pushed away from wanting to go that route because of how little experience I Mm -hmm. did have. Mm -hmm. So Even if I knocked out every single opponent I had in the first round, they probably wouldn't have sent me. So Mm -hmm. I didn't go that route, especially because I started later, you know, 20 years old, you know, Mm -hmm. at at the boxing gym. It's hard to be, you know, Anthony Joshua did it, but it must be the same thing. They probably had nobody there that they sent. Mm -hmm. He had a lot of power and then he just made it to the Olympics. You know what I mean? That that it, It all depends on where you are.
1: Looking back at, sh- uh, at your amateur career and with your uh, professional career, mm-hmm. let's say there is a billboard on the road and you have to leave a quote there. It can be someone else's quote or something that you can say or something just your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You have to put something on that billboard so that people can see. What What would you put there for for people to see that, that you know that kind of relates to you?
2: It relates to me. Um You know, this is a kind of quote that's funny. It's a Frank Sinatra quote, but um, from one of his songs, you know, um, each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. And the reason why I like that quote is because I've been, you know, through just like a lot of athletes, a lot of bad injuries where you don't. You know, don't feel you're ever going to be recovered from it. When I tore my bicep, people said, oh, you know, even guys, millionaires that are professional athletes don't recover from a torn bicep, like a ruptured bicep like mine, you know, my back injury. Oh, you're done. You're done. So every time I've kind of been down in the, the, down the dumps when it comes to boxing, I always pick myself up and I keep going because if it was easy, everyone would do it and it's not easy. So you're going to go through things. I don't care who you are, what kind of an athlete you are. You're going to go through a lot of things that, uh, kind of set you back, test you physically or mentally, and uh, you just got to push through them. If we're talking about injuries Mm -hmm. or in general, let's say
1: failures, maybe it's your failures of your body Mm -hmm. or something mentally or some the situation that, you know, you just couldn't pull through, Mm -hmm. but you actually gone through it. What Mm -hmm. would be the defining one that really kind of uh, defined who you are and made Mm -hmm. you better?
2: Well, the one thing that comes to mind, so some of my fights are on YouTube. The funny thing is my worst fights are the ones that are on YouTube. I don't know how that happened, but one of the fights, it was against um, Max Corso, the Argentinian guy. Mm -hmm. He's a southpaw from Argentina and had a rock-hard head. So I've never had a hand injury in my life. My hands are always, like, really tough. I could hit a wall, and it wouldn't bother me, you know. And then, uh, you know, in the second round of that fight with him, he came in with his head down. He put his head like that, and I broke my hand. Mm-hmm. I broke uh, this knuckle, so not even up here in my hand where right. I heard if you break your hand up here, you know your hand heals It's like a cast. You could throw it again after a round, right? Mm-hmm. My knuckle was gone. It broke in three different places, so mm-hmm. it was. It took like a year and a half before, like just recently, a couple months ago, I could actually hit my hardest for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that happened in the second round, and um, did you feel it right away? Right away, you're like oh, right away. Something's I, wrong. Right away, I knew it, and I stopped I stopped throwing it. And I remember after the second round, I'm walking back to my corner, and when I was walking back to the corner, one of Lee Baxter's fighters, a friend of mine, Sam Vargas, mm-hmm. he was right below the, like, right past the 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 belt, uh, sorry, the uh, post. Mm-hmm. His seat was over there. He looks at me. He starts mimicking to throw my right hand. He's like, throw your right hand. I put my arm up. I go, it's broken. This is on my way back to the corner, and I had the whereabouts, the no one, and right. I'm calm. I know it is what it is, and I'll get through it. So he right away, he looked, and he's like, ah. Like, he, he just knew, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody in the crowd knew I broke my hand. After the fight, people would say, hey, Nick, you know, good fight. You were being smart. You are being cautious. I showed them my hand, and I, I couldn't even go like this. Like, I couldn't even move my hand. And then, to be honest, like, that showed me a lot. Because you're in with a pro fighter that's coming. He was a dirty fighter. He was coming forward. He was awkward. And um, I just had to do what I had to do to win. Like, fighting, I fought six rounds with a broken hand. Like, six and a half rounds with a broken hand, I still won so that kind of it's like a test you know mm-hmm. what i mean like can you go through it can you do something else and again like just like everything people don't know what you go through as a fighter they don't they don't know the full extent of what you go through right and i'm not saying i had the hardest time but other people you know have gone through the same thing and just a no matter of how you deal with it a lot of people could break their hand and then say hey i'm done right. what went through your head when you broke your your hand at that particular moment
1: um because i'm curious what goes through fighter's mind because those are your main tools and one yeah. of them and it's uh and it's your heating head
2: attack. yeah <laughs> you know it was crazy because it's this sounds crazy but even though i knew i shouldn't throw my right hand you had to at some point throw your right hand and i was trying my hardest to hit hard and you know i i'm a pretty strong puncher and this is the first time in my life i felt like i was a little kid i felt like like I was throwing my hardest, but it came off like. A, to the mic. Sorry, <laughs> I was uh, throwing my hardest, but it came off like, like a tap. Like my my mind in the back of my head was pulling me back from throwing that shot. Right. As much as I wanted to will through it, and in, you know, in the the last round, 20, 10, 20 seconds left, you'll see the video. It's online, and I almost knocked him out. I was throwing my as hard as I can, even though it was not hard because, mm-hmm. I had you know, and I almost knocked him out, and I wish I did. But uh, the good thing about that fight is people. Really said when they found out that I broke, my, I fought the whole fight with a broken hand. All of a sudden, open eyes is like, holy crap! Like this guy's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah, absolutely. You've mentioned in one of your interviews that you don't feel pain in the ring. Like mm-hmm. when you get hit in the face, you don't feel anything. And <laughs> sort of, and that yeah. sort of surprised everyone. But yeah, uh, uh, what do you think about that? Is that kind of place? Is this a good thing for you or a bad thing for you? Both. Are you are you seeking are you seeking to get hurt at some point just yeah. to see like how, how far can no, you go?
2: No. I don't want to get th- this sounds this sounds weird me like, saying that. I don't want to get hit. Have you seen once. that movie South Pole with Jack Drilling? Yeah. <laughs> the <fucking guy>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually don't want to get hit at all. And to yeah. be honest, most of my fights, except two fights ago, was I got hit cleaner than I've ever been hit. And it was probably in the whole fight, it lasted four rounds. I knocked him on in the fourth round. I got hit cleaner and more often than i've ever in any fight i've ever had Mm. and it was still like 10 fight 10 punches i got hit with and everybody was shocked everyone's like oh you got hit so much oh my god i couldn't believe the shots you took but when you look at regular fighters they've been they take way more shots than that just people aren't used to seeing me take those shots right and especially like as easy as i was taking them at my first fight back after the hand injury right It was messing with me a little bit right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um you know so I pride myself with trying not to get hit, and that's what I teach all my students. Like, you don't. Know, there's nothing good about being other than, you know, knowing that you could handle it. You shouldn't be proud about being a toughest fighter or a tough fighter. Mm-hmm. You should be proud of not being, not getting hit, because you want to have longevity. You wanna, you wanna be okay after this. This is a tough, brutal sport, right? When so, you
1: train, who's your uh, who's your trainer? Like when you're in the
2: ring. So I train with uh, Tommy Howitt out of um it's uh, olympia uh it's like it's pretty much a weightlifter's l- sh- gym but at the back of the gym there's a, a serious boxing gym with a lot of pro fighters and uh yeah i work with tommy howitt great just wanted to make sure we give them a give him oh, a shout sure. out. yeah <laughs> yeah he's, we've been working on a lot of stuff so you know next fight after the corona yeah. you'll see the difference and i've been really really working hard so if you would talk about your style what would you say your style is I'm a, I'm a rangy fighter. I like keeping my range. Um, probably noticed on my fights, like I, I, I like to keep a distance cause I'm, I'm a big, tall, light heavyweight. So mm-hmm. I keep my distance at the same time. I'm like, a, like aggressive, but I'm also like, I'm thinking in there. Like you see the way I move a lot. It's like, I'm trying to avoid punches, but at the same time I'm being aggressive and, and working off the jab. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Once you're going to hit the kind of, um, your career, you're going to go up. Mm-hmm you will have to be marketing your fights yep. and a lot of people that's why i'm not asking about your humble behavior is that that humbleness uh rarely sells yep. in terms of uh how people want to see they want to see aggression versus aggression <laughs> do you feel like you can put yourself into that mode or are you going to still like promote the good guy
2: you know, attitude you know what i like if you say the good guy attitude but i don't see it as that way i just be myself and Mm -hmm. i'm not the type to talk bad to anybody i I never say anything bad to a point i'm not going to get another skin i don't need to play those games i don't want to play those games um a lot of people talk themselves up too much Mm -hmm. and you know what happens there they get humbled Mm -hmm. right so i just like to be myself and just you know, if I if I want to say something, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to hold back and say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, uh, this might maybe look this way. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Right. At the same time, though, I'm not going to be a McGregor where I'm yelling at somebody and calling out, you mm-hmm. know, being stupid and saying disrespectful things to people because that's not me and that's not the way I want. You know, my kids when I have kids growing up or kids that I that. I'm not saying look up to me but kids that follow my career or look up to me whatever you want to call it i don't want to show them that you have to be that way mm-hmm. um when i see fighters start acting like mcgregor and this and that you you know when it's real and when it's not right and most of the time it's not and then all of a sudden after the fight they say oh that wasn't real i was just doing it to market the fight mm-hmm. guess what you are you're phony and you're not getting my business again right right yeah aside besides boxing nick fantauzy who is this guy honestly man i just <laughs> i'm like a big kid like i literally I'm, I'm a big kid who just likes to have fun and be happy like people think you know like what do you do for fun fun uh, i like i love music I, I you know i play you mentioned to, you you mentioned uh, yeah, uh, sinatra yeah sinatra he's a he's one of my favorite singers i love mm-hmm. music i love all types of music from you know celine dion to Allison chains to mm-hmm. uh you know led zeppelin or anything like all different ranges. I don't like country music. You don't like I don't, country? I don't music? like country music <laughs> and I don't like dance music and I don't like like I don't like any of the new kind of uh-huh. rap stuff. Like I just I, I'm a nineties guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's you know, I just love. I honestly love playing sports and music. Those are my passion. You know, obviously seeing family and friends. And you've you said you you playing guitar. You play guitar. I play guitar. I'm I'm okay. Like I could play stuff, but I'm not like an amazing guitar have, player. I should have asked you to bring it here. Uh, I would play here, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I play. I've been playing since I was in, like grade six. So however old that is, it's like. 12 what, years old what about the
1: ring walk music what do you what do you prefer do you already have like an established one or i have
2: a bunch of different ones that i've had i've i've done uh you know chris like Soundgarden. i've done a few Soundgarden songs and
1: uh ever considered I, my way by sinatra
2: that that's a good idea i didn't want to do that because because bernard hopkins did it for one fight oh, i yeah. didn't want to copy him but i have i have uh thought of a few different sinatra songs which is definitely going to happen in the future mm-hmm. Um, I've done the Roy Jones Can't Be Touched cause that's my, oh, that's my song from back in everyone, the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty open to everything, but one one time I, I came down to, uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was actually an idea. My promo was at come back to, uh, come down to Return of the Mac and, <laughs> and I did it. But everyone was kind of like, oh, that's you, different. <laughs> you know,
1: it's, um. You know, my favorite um, Sinatra song mm-hmm. is um, When I Was 17. <laughs> That's a good song. <laughs> it's funny because I heard it when I was 17. 17. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was watching. It was Sopranos, I think. I watched and, uh It's the beginning of second season uh-huh. opening. That was the song and yeah. it's like the, the whole playthrough. But
2: it's like, it was just so beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. Even the new movie, um, uh, the Joker movie—not new, but the yeah, Joker—they yeah. had uh, "That's Life." That's one of my favorite songs. That's where the quote actually is from that I mentioned about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's you know that was a cool movie because they had that kind of th- that music in. But yeah,
1: yeah. You're you're very good for um, for speaking. You know, I I, I can't recall the, the cool quote that you said or someone mentioned during one of your interviews, but you said something very inspirational. I feel like either your Instagram or one of your interviews, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm bringing it up because I don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay. But the thing is, sometimes you come up with some stuff that is really deep uh, mm-hmm. based on what I'm hearing. And so that's that's interesting. It would be cool for you to to maybe explore that, you know. To no, I get to it. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Be,
2: and it's good relating things like that because all of a sudden you might have someone who's not a boxing fan, but they're a Sinatra fan. And they're like, you know what? Yeah. That's true because everything in life, you know, it's all relative. Just like boxing, everyone's like, it's a metaphor to life. It's yeah, true. Yeah. You it's know? so true because, you know, it's it's just you in the ring and it's the other guy and you
1: in in and the better man should win and mm-hmm. everyone's watching you and if you mess up that's your fault. If 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 it's your fault, you know, everything is mm-hmm. it's not like you have a team, you know, outside the ring, like yep. you know, helping you out, but inside the ring you're the main actor, you're the main character mm-hmm. and it's all it's all there. Um definitely, man. What's your all time favorite boxing movies besides Rocky?
2: <sighs> you know what, um, what's that movie that was uh that was with uh what's that guy's name again he's a famous actor he was in uh casino and um there's a movie about jake lamotta um de niro de niro raging yeah. bull yeah raging bull raging bull was that was good. a good one I,
1: I remember watching that and i yeah. barely knew english when i watched that movie mm-hmm. but that's that was such a weird transformation yeah. that <laughs> you went through you know to 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 portray all of that mm-hmm. have you seen fighter uh, yeah. Fighter is a good one. Yep, the, a good one with uh what's his name? Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg and yeah. the other one the Batman guy. Uh what's his name? I
0: forgot.
2: The Batman guy. Everyone yeah, looking at yeah. the
1: American Psycho guy. Yeah. Yeah, But it was just so good. Yes.
2: Who, who
0: was the actual guy? Mickey,
1: Mickey the, the Irish guy who like it was oh, Mickey, on, Ward. Yeah. Mickey, yeah. Ward. Yeah. Mickey Ward. Mickey yeah. Ward. But like the the movie the acting everything was so it's good great. in that movie. Yeah, I really like that's like uh after okay that's like my all-time favorite mm-hmm. they're, they're doing mike tyson movie with uh yeah uh jamie fox yeah he just recently yeah. uh, released the podcast with tim ferris but damn
2: i'm excited for jamie fox to yeah. see like what they're gonna come up with you know what you're right and i'm gonna watch it 100 percent. the only thing is that i don't that i'm not excited about the fight Other uh, the movie is yeah you know Everyone's a Mike Tyson fan, right? Uh-huh. Like most people and I've I've heard probably most of the stories of his life. It's going to all be repeats but yeah. I'm sure they're going to make it good. But. I think that's going to be the main challenge. Is yeah. like, okay, what is there that is untold? Because Jamie mm-hmm.
1: Foxx is a good friend with Mike Tyson
0: mm-hmm. and it's funny, Jamie Foxx is like, He's like almost 60
1: years old. So, is he? I mean, he looks pretty good. Wow, so, not pretty know that. young. But, mm. yeah, I mean, as far as I understand, he's in his 50s right now, wow. Jamie, folks. Good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he looks good. And uh, he's working out and all of that. So, I'm still listening to that podcast, it's like three hour podcast, mm-hmm. which is pretty exciting. Like, you should check it out. But okay, um, sure. in general, like, I'm really intrigued. I hope they're not going to go the route where they're just yeah. going to, like, make his life. Because there was, like, one life, whatever motion thing. Yeah. I read Mike Tyson's book, man. Like, very graphic. I already talked about it mm-hmm. here in the podcast. But yeah, man, do you, do you listen to any podcasts or like maybe do you listen to like audiobooks or anything like that? Some in your podcasts. Head? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, you know, Joe Rogan, I've, I've listened to yeah, a few yeah. of his podcasts. A lot of people would send me them and say, listen to this one, you know. Uh-huh.
1: Question about current fights. What are you looking forward to right now? Are you following boxing right now that's happening in the United States and the bubble yep. match Matchroom in the United Kingdom? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what's the, like
1: the fights that are you looking forward to?
2: Okay. Um, you know just like a lot of people you know as much as bad things not bad but like i don't really necessarily like either fighter but wilder in fury i just I want to see that. Nobody, Mm -hmm. like everybody wants to see heavyweights fight, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's a fight that's intriguing because, you know, everyone's like, oh, wow, there sucks, this and that. But Mm -hmm. a fight before then, he's the best puncher in the history of boxing, according to everyone, right? So you know how it is. If if Floyd Mayweather lost his uh, fight to Pacquiao Mm -hmm. when they fought, everybody would have said how bad Floyd Mayweather is and overrated. Mm Boxing is very unforgiving with that. And I don't play into that. You know, if you have one loss, two loss, three, it doesn't matter as long as you fight the best. What do you
1: think Wilder's game plan should be for this fight considering like how good Hiri got in the the last one?
2: Maybe stop loading up, you know, so much. You think that was a mistake? Yeah, because he just, he tried too hard. Oh, I'm going to land that big shot again. I'm going to drop this guy with one big shot and, you know, it's funny coming from me, the guy who in his last fight, what I, what I did was I hurt the guy in the first round and the second round, and then he was very dirty. He lifted me up and tried to throw me, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of dirty stuff that he did. I just said, you know, I'm just going to knock this guy out. So I, I <laughs> as stupid as it sounds, I started doing the same thing that Wilder does and try to mm-hmm. load up on the one shot because I knew as soon as I touched him, he's going to, he's going to drop, but the guy just ran the whole fight. So, mm-hmm. you know, on the other hand with Wilder, if he just kind of, like he doesn't have the boxing IQ, mm-hmm. but if he kind of uses his athleticism, which is his, um, you know, best attribute is his athleticism and strength. If He kind of uses that a little bit. He's got a little bit better of a chance instead of just trying to land one big shot because that's probably not going to happen against a good defensive fighter
1: yeah absolutely so you think you need to he he needs to work on his uh his skill yeah more just yeah just, just you know like on that hail mary punch
2: yeah let's let's do uh rocky coming into Clubber Lang again yeah, yeah. you know what i mean let's change up the game plan let's uh you know let's switch things up and and see if uh rocky can swim you know what i mean yeah for sure yeah
1: uh nick we're already coming up to like one hour of our podcast yep. and I, I just want you t- to give an opportunity to promote a little bit about uh your social media and mm-hmm. uh your business as well oh so, that's great thanks
2: yeah. uh you can you could find me on instagram at nick underscore Fantauzy, f-a-n-t-a-u-z-z-i uh, i have facebook nick Fantauzy, and i also have my team page team Fantauzi. And uh, Twitter, I don't really go on it much, but I'm trying to get into it, so... What about your uh, boxing classes? How can people reach out to you about that? You can reach out, if you're looking for, whether it's technique or fitness, you can uh, reach out to me on Instagram, and uh, you can send me a direct message, you can send me an email and inquire about the training. Um, I pride myself in giving, you know, very good technique lessons to people if that's what they want, or if they just want to get in shape, so... And if, yeah.
1: if people want to get one of those cool hoodies that you have on right now, where, where do they get them? Well, I'm, I am actually
2: out of hoodies right now, but I'm making a new order very shortly. Gotta so gotta look gotta on my that. Instagram for it and you'll be getting one your way. So Thank you. Got
1: to yeah. get that merch, man. Sounds good. <laughs> Nick, so, thanks so much. It was a great episode and and you're such a great uh, conversationalist. It was it, it was a true pleasure. So I hope Likewise. we're going yeah. to meet, meet again and talk more, especially when your next fight is going to come up and we're going to promote it. That'd be great, <laughs> man. Thank
2: you so much. And Thank it was, you. It was great. I appreciate it.